okay, so let's so let's let's boil this down to the 10 second clip. Are cybersecurity jobs going away because of AI? No, absolutely not, right? No. Yeah. Well, and not, not, uh, I won't say absolutely not. Some some are going to go away. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyber Guys Podcast, the cybersecurity podcast for everyone. I'm Andrew Valencia, always joined by Mike Hill. And uh, man, what you got for us today, Mike? I'm talking about cyborgs. I'm talking about artificial intelligence. We're talking about Skynet. We're talking about <laughs> the thought, the fear, the promise, the hope of leveraging artificial intelligence in cybersecurity. Uh, some people think it's a panacea; it, it's going to do everything. Others think it's too expensive. Uh, others, you're talking about you're talking basically talking about uh, how you and I are going to be out of a job in about five years, right? Uh, that's what a lot of people think, and, <laughs> and honestly, some jobs, like always, will always fall the way of automation. I mean, that, that's that's been the case uh, for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Uh, but it's not going to do all of what people think it's going to do. Yeah, I get asked that question a lot uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence. Uh, basically, hey, you know, when is Skynet coming? I, I'm definitely not a believer in that. And when people ask me, well, what it, what are you going to do when they start using, you know, AI for cybersecurity? And my response is, we've been using AI in cybersecurity for a decade and more. And, and uh, that's and why that's why it's so important to level set. Okay, when we use the term artificial intelligence or machine learning. What are we even talking about? You know, uh, some immediately jump to Skynet or, or data on Star Trek or something where uh, there is human-like, um, even superhuman-like uh, artificial intelligence, you know, uh, robots that are smarter than people and all that sort of thing. That's, that's the thought. That's the fear. That's the anxiety. I think it's dominated Hollywood for, for generations. Uh, but that's not really what artificial intelligence is. And fundamentally, when we talk about artificial intelligence, we're simply talking about the ability to uh, fo follow and form a deductive analysis without following procedural code. In other words, the ability of a system, a computer system, uh, to emulate thinking in the way that we understand it and then can develop systems to pattern after those. That's the concept of uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, you know, it was it was it was once explained to me, and this has stuck with me. Um, but it was once explained to me as a really complicated and expensive binary decision matrix. Uh, and, and I think that's what it just kind of boils down to in its simplest terms. It's 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 a lot of different decisions that go one way or the other. Um, well, and you do that, that and build on that true. enough. Yeah, but that, that's true of all computer systems. All, all programming is based exactly. on Boolean exactly. logic. Exactly, yeah. So, so what are we saying is different between artificial intel intelligence and um, all uh, programming code, which is all based on, on binary logic? Well, and and the, the, distinction, the distinction is this. You can arrive at a point that was not necessarily programmed in artificial intelligence systems, where in finite uh, conventional programming, 
every every scenario was already thought through and programmed for. That that but that I think is is the misnomer of artificial intelligence because when we talk about artificial intelligence, we really are talking about deriving from deriving a set of data that wasn't already inputted into the system, right? And a lot of the quote unquote AI that's utilized in cybersecurity today is is not that whatsoever. Um, automation has been around for a very long time. And a lot of the uh, tool sets that are out there that describe, you know, we built our tool with AI, uh, with artificial intelligence from the ground up. It's really just a set of automation tasks, right? That appear to be yeah, uh, more of. complex than I think that they, they actually are. Kind of. And, and this is a, an important distinction. Um, there's marketing terminology and then there's actual scientific terminology. Yeah. You know, you can call any computer system artificial intelligence, really. I mean, if you if you wanted to for a marketing ploy, uh, it's done. But in, in the actual computer science community, when we use that term, we use it synonym, synonymously with machine learning. And, and, and that is the ability of a system to develop permutations off of its core programming. Um, but, and, and this is the thing that I always throw caution to when people think of um, real cognition in these artificial intelligence systems. And that is, they're not effective at what humans can do in the way of inductive reasoning. They're just extraordinarily efficient in deductive reasoning. So anything where you have a data set where the, the data is in there, it's in there somewhere. It's the needle in the haystack. It's in there. Artificial intelligence will be the most efficient way of finding the needle in the haystack, of getting the correct answer out of the established data set. But when we're talking about creating new information, new uh, knowledge, uh, there's no model uh, that we have that's been successful in uh, this sort of induction. Uh, this is th this sort of uh, the creative spark of humanity that really distinguishes human genius. Uh, there's there, there's no model for doing that with AI. Uh, so when, when when we apply that and think about that in terms of um, cybersecurity, well, what are we going to be good at? Well, vulnerability analysis. We know the vulnerabilities there. We have vulnerability logs and vulnerability databases. Uh, artificial intelligence is going to find it, identify it you know, uh, log it, help us to track it, deal with it, fix it, whatever, much more efficiently than, than, than people would. Um, Signature-based threat detection, way faster. Uh, like I, I just taught a class on, on threat hunting. And, um, you know, the goal of that class was to, was to basically look, look at packet captures, look at uh, processes running on systems, figure out, you know, if there are rootkits there, certain indicators of compromise uh, that you can identify in the data. Well, humans can do this, but when humans do it, it's pretty slow. I mean, you're, you're going through thousands of packets trying to find some abnormality, some unusual behavior, maybe some weird uh, DNS um, uh, 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 messages or, or, or signals, uh, strange uh, HTTP traffic, maybe some posts going out of your network, that sort of weird thing. Uh, that sort of stuff is, is the stuff we're looking for. But, you know, who's going to find that faster? A person thumbing through, you know, uh, these packet capture traces or, or a computer that can actually look at it. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that's why, you know, when 
when people assume that you know artificial intelligence in cybersecurity is this kind of brand new frontier, it's 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 kind of not right. We've had intrusion detection systems for a very long time, and they they are there are multiple different types. Some of them are signature based. Some of them are uh, behavioral based. We have that technology already. I, I think that what's really interesting though about entering into these to this kind of newer set that's more automated, right? That that's more automated in nature. What I think is very interesting going forward, though, and what gets under people's skin in in our professional field a little bit, I guess, where people think, oh, by 2030 or 2035 or 2040, we're not going to have any human beings in cybersecurity, is things like machine learning. Yeah, things like machine learning, uh, deep learning, that kind of stuff, where they can take huge data sets and make a determination on what is normal and what is not based on those data sets. I think that, however, again, that's not artificial intelligence. That really is just, you know, analyzing. And again, it's making you, you something use, that a human can do you, very slowly. You can it, use artificial intelligence to do that. There, there, there's nothing wrong. 100%. In fact, in, in all honesty, that's probably one of the best uses of artificial intelligence in threat detection. But, but here, here's the thing. Here's the difference. When you're using um, that pattern and, and for anomaly detection, you're, you're following what I call a retrospective perspective. In other words, the past is prologue. You have to have something in the past that is going to give you a pattern. Even if it's not an exact signature match, there's a pattern that you're, you're using your AI system to then predict behavior or predict um, uh certain indicators of compromise. But the thing is, if you're you're looking at a truly novel approach, I mean, what, what we call a zero-day attack, where someone is trying something that's never been tried before, and particularly if it doesn't follow the same form as a traditional um, attack, then those data sets are going to be useless. All of that record, all the analysis, all the number crunching in the world is useless. I mean, think, think about the, um, uh, the kill chain. And, you know, in, in cybersecurity, we, we, we look at attacks in, in the form of a standard approach or kill chain uh, for uh, the sort of attacks that are done by advanced persistent threat uh, agents. And you can predict the tools and techniques that are used because it's pretty consistent. You, you, you get in, you get a beachhead, you move laterally, you, you, you privilege escalate, and then you start actions on target. You know, some basic form of that. Now, there, there, there are more steps in some kill chains, fewer steps in others, but that's basically the idea. Well, that's a pattern that AI could pick up on very quickly if that's the pattern that's being followed. The thing is, what if there's something new that's, that's not in the data set? Then AI is useless. Yeah. It, it, or less useless. And that's where we are today, of course. There's, there are plenty of companies... Um, that are attempting to solve that specific problem right there uh to to analyze huge amounts of data set determine patterns and then predict uh, uh what a zero day a breach may actually look like um they're out there and they are attempting to do that but again that's even today that's something that we still don't have humans doing already that's kind of already been phased out to a certain extent i mean what's you know, you've done a lot of red. You've done a lot of you know network penetration. What's one of the worst jobs? It you know in a, net, a network penetration team, like lowest level. It, it's it's actually combing through like emails, right? Like phishing emails and all that kind of stuff like that. You know, why have that when you can have 
a bot go through and do that for you, right? And do it a lot quicker. Most of the good SIM tools out nowadays, they do that part for you. Right. So really the the analyst is looking uh, through just a filtered set. But the problem is, and and this this is why threat hunting is another role that is important to augment uh, the, the the basic sock analyst who's just looking at stuff that the SIM tool threw up and say, hey, is this is this weird? Look at this, you know. But with threat hunting, what we're basically doing is we're saying, well, let's theorize something that we don't see in the data set. Let's let's come up with an idea of maybe a, another novel way of approaching it, and that's where the human part will always factor in because the 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 bot, the uh, the AI system, even uh, with behavioral analytics. It's not necessarily going to pick up on a theory that a human can devise as a new and novel approach that they'd never thought of. They're, they're, they're basically hunting for something that they have no reason to, to, to believe is there. That's where humans will always have a role, but it's going to require a skill set that's a little bit higher uh, than the people that we, we currently have in these roles. You know, the, the skill set becomes more complicated, no doubt exactly. about it. If I were speaking to a you know 22 year old fresh out of college going into the field of cybersecurity to be a system administrator i would absolutely tell them you're you're in the wrong game and you're going to get phased out in the next decade 100% because there are things that can be done autom- that are aut- both automated and through artificial intelligence that are going to end up doing your job so you need to learn how to program artificial intelligence you need to learn become an expert on machine learning those kinds of things you have to step up uh, a bit, bef- you know, pr- more than what we've done in the last 20 yeah. years. I, I, honestly, and, and you've heard me say this before, and, and you'll hear me say this again, I, I really strongly don't believe any cybersecurity job should be an entry-level job. Um, that's, that's my personal opinion. I know I, I probably would rather uh, uh, rustle a lot of feathers by saying that. But honestly, uh, if the role of cybersecurity is to find the mistakes of other se- uh, IT experts, <laughs> then you really don't want a novice in that role. That's how I feel about it. Now, I, I, I get it that no, not everyone agrees with me, and we'll, and we'll talk about that in another in another podcast. But but the, the idea of these repetitive, brainless activities being a role for humans is yes, that's going to be phased out. You, you don't need people doing repetitive, mindless actions. You you, you can use robots, and and it's the same thing with with AI. AI is not to take over what humans do uniquely. It's to take over the, the, the redundant tasks, the simplified tasks, the, the follow the SOP to the letter brainlessly tasks, that sort of thing. There, there's no reason at some point for humans to be involved in those, you know, because it's finite. I mean, just getting back to what I was talking about earlier, what do computer, computer uh, systems do well? They process information that's there. Even with the most sophisticated AI, and, and some may point to the fact that, hey, you know, this AI system beat a, a grandmaster in chess. Yes, because a chessboard is finite. The chess pieces are finite. All the, the moves, moves are already finite. known. Yeah. yeah. You know, yes, there's a novel combination of gambits that, that, that may or may not happen in one given thing, but eventually you could process all the possibilities and uh, you could d- develop a system that can make the best possible move in all possible scenarios and beat you know, a human uh, who might make a mistake in the heat of the moment. In any case, that's not the same as thinking. Not in a novel, inductive way, at least. 
can we call it? I think you're still going to need, at the end of the day, there is going to, there is still a need for a human being to analyze the data that's produced by whatever artificial uh, intelligence uh, is placed. Uh, There's still someone who needs to determine not only what the information says, but also where to place that artificial intelligence in the network or in the system to begin with. Right. But also, also there, there are subject to uh, subjective uh, points too. I mean, for instance, let's say your data set says that there's a certain thing that is possible, but the probability may be within your risk tolerance. See, there's a subjective aspect where the human can actually evaluate the risk, evaluate the cost benefit analysis, and then make the decision that, okay, my AI system told me all the facts that I need to make an educated decision, but I'm going to still make this decision or I'm going to make that decision. Those decisions are not ever going to be in the hands, at least should not ever uh, be ultimately in the hands of an AI system. I mean, I think the degrees of separation between artificial intelligence and the management uh, of that artificial intelligence is going to decrease and continue to decrease, right? You're going to get those values that are inputted, what the risk tolerance is, so on and so forth. The more complicated um, uh, and comprehensive uh, AI and machine learning um, continue to be become, uh, you're going to get a a easier picture uh, or or a more um, simpler picture rather for a someone like a management or manager or an executive to make that determination. But we are very far away from that. That, that's no. the thing is that that the variables uh, that that requires are not really there yet, and when when I do get asked at, at least, both at by least they're not affordable yet. <laughs> they're well, there. and that's they're what I mean by that. I did I don't mean that they don't exist because there are some very fascinating you know frontier type stuff going on with Google with IBM what they're able to do, but whether it's scalable, whether it's affordable, again. That's that's a long way off. Take it back to you know when we talked about you know threat hunting, you know for an organization to implement a threat hunting team or have a threat hunting apparatus that is extremely resource uh, driven. It costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of people. It costs a lot of time to do that. If that can be automated uh, or automated rather, if that can be automated uh, through the use of effective artificial intelligence organizations are absolutely going to do that. And that's where you see a lot of companies right now developing, you know, threat hunting capabilities, utilizing machine learning, utilizing massive data sets. So it can simplify and expedite some this analysis for cybersecurity professionals to take a look at and make determinations uh, and decisions. Absolutely. uh, I'm going to tell you one area where I really want to see more use of, um, of AI, uh, relative to cybersecurity is in, in uh, identity management uh, and authentication. You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting um, that uh, people just look for the authentication mechanism as if that's the key, you know, big password and you're good, or let's use biometrics and we're good. Uh, but but you, you and I uh, worked a while in, in the biometrics field and, um, you know, our most sophisticated biometric systems tend to be multimodal. Uh, which is looking at more than one thing at, at a time. But here's the thing, with AI being uh, context sensitive and, and, and using um, threat awareness and 
uh, maybe the integration between physical access control systems and logical access control systems could make a determination of how much and how rigorously to authenticate at any given mechanism. In, in certain situations, they may want that second uh, confirmation. In other situations, they don't. You see a little bit of that on um, online, but but it's not really based on uh, artificial intelligence. It's just based on a simple algorithm where the first time you log in from a div given device, uh, then they'll want a strong authentication. And then subsequently, uh, the, the, they'll do typical authentication. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking that to the next level where we use predictive analytics to really nail down um, uh, the mechanisms for uh, being uh, more certain of identity. Yeah, there, there's some of that already in play. Uh, yeah, you know, there's is. neural networks that are involved in determining, you know, uh, you know, biometric scanning, facial scanning, facial recognition. Um, Apple, the Apple ID does this, uh, where they use neural networks. And one of the major flaws is that you can actually trick the neural network. Um, you can put you can put background noise essentially. I'm I'm taking this down to a fifth grade level. You can essentially take an image, put put background noise in it where it's not perceptible to the human eye, but it is perceptible to a camera or to whatever device you're using uh, to authenticate, and that image can suddenly be authenticated uh, falsely. Um, you know, there's this uh, really famous example of a of a panda being. Um, uh, a, pan, a picture of a panda being recognized as a panda, and then by adding some imperceptible noise to the image, it's then um, authenticated as a a bird or something to that effect. You know, those are things that are going to need to be handled not by neural networks and not by you know uh, deep learning or uh, even machine learning, but by human beings. Human beings are going to have to determine where those. Um, tools are most effective where they can be implemented when they should be implemented. And, and, and that, that just, just to kind of put on my programming hat, that is the difference between logical errors and syntactical errors. You know, when, when any, any entry level programmer learns that if you break the rule of the programming language, that's a syntax error. It crashes your program. You got to fix that. Uh, the, the more difficult type of error to trace and, and to deal with has always been logical errors. And that's where you evaluate your code in a particular way and true becomes false. In other words, a logical untrue became, becomes the reality, which ultimately means that something that the programmer didn't think of, the sequence of actions, the sequence of commands, something, whatever it may have been, something was entered into uh, the logic that the logic was not built to handle and therefore created a logical error. That is a problem at every scale. And it continues to be a problem, even in sophisticated uh, AI systems. If you can actually introduce something that the system was not designed to look for, not designed to anticipate, not designed to deal with, ultimately you can force an error. And that is uh, why it cannot just be your panacea. You can't say, I'm going to buy this system. We're going to spend $100 million on this amazing system. And then we can fire all our cybersecurity people because we're now great because we have Skynet. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know what happened with Skynet. <laughs> it didn't go well. Right. And, and, and it's never going to go well. But that's not to say that as a, an efficiency mechanism, as an enhancement to process, as a way of eliminating humans from the error-prone, redundant uh, 
uh, repetitive sorts of behaviors, that it's not a great solution. It is. For those things, it is the future. It is the solution. And it will cost some jobs, but it won't take them all out. And it's not the silver bullet that people want it to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always look, I look at the, these things. I tend not to uh, get emotional about it or have an emotional response to stuff like this. And, you know, whatever study they put out where, you know, 35% or 40% of C-suite or, you know, executive members of organizations believe that cybersecurity will be fully automated or artificial will, ha- will be humans will be replaced by artificial intelligence in the next 10, 15 years. You know, that's, that's, that's panic inducing for, you know, people who are in our field for sure. But here's the thing. It's just another tool. It is another tool in the toolkit of a cybersecurity professional, whatever their job may be, whether it's, you know, network penetration or whether it's um, governance or what have, or even threat hunting. It's just another tool to be utilized. And this job, you have to, you have to, to, to evolve at 100%. Any, any, any job you have in technology, you have to evolve with, with, with the tools. That, that's the thing. You know, if, if you think uh, that your job is going to continue to exist when all you do is follow the step-by-step of some uh, standard operating procedure uh, where you're just going through, you know, and checking boxes and executing checklists and doing what, you, you know, every time the exact same checks, if that's your job, yeah, you, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, I mean, but- even then, I, just looking at the landscape and especially a lot of the clients you and I have worked with, I, even then, I don't think that the, the, the folks that are very comfortable in that, in that role, I don't know that they're going anywhere in the next 10 years. You know, no, I, no. I do think that they're, you know, I think that they are eventually. Yeah. Th- there's definitely a niche, whether it be, um, governmental, um, organizations or just kind of like even fortune 500 companies where, you know, there are people who are very, very settled their c-suite or executive members who are very comfortable with the way things currently are and are not going to want to switch over um we've seen that just trying to enhance cybersecurity, and, you know uh and, best practices honestly, throughout multiple honestly, organizations yeah and honestly with some of the uh, customers uh that, that you and i have dealt with uh they do try to make things that shouldn't be put into a, a step-by-step checklist or, or standard operating procedure. They, they, they try to force everything into a one size fits all solution. And really that's the mistake. If there's any uh, argument for replacing, yeah, if there's any, if there's any argument for replacing, you know, humans and cybersecurity with AI, it's that, that, uh, handicap right there, that yeah. need to put something in a rigid framework and to follow step-by-step instructions to, you know, to implement good, sound cybersecurity practices. That's, it doesn't really work that's, like that. that's, that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. You know, I, I, I do think that there's a lot of good with artificial intelligence. It's going to be an enhancement. It's not going to take over cybersecurity. However, right, and I'd be remiss if we didn't just like punch this in at the end of the episode here, but you know, there's there's a lot of drawbacks to relying on uh, artificial intelligence. And we joked about, you know, Skynet this and Skynet that. And, and, and again, I don't think we're going to be seeing, you know, uh, the machines rising up to, to, to blow us all up or anything close to even that. But I think there's real digital privacy concerns when it comes to the, uh, over-reliance of artificial intelligence with machine learning. I mean, the, at, at, at the introductory level, what do you need 
for AI to be effective. You oh, so need you have a problem data. With Alexa listening to you twenty four seven. Well, you have you need data, right? You right. need data. The artificial intelligence needs data, and the wider, you know, the wider reaching that data is, the more likely it is that it's going to start, you know, stepping on the toes of private of, of privacy. It already has. Google's yeah. doing that. Amazon's doing it. Yeah, it is. The only reason Alexa, why these AI, the Alexa AI, is watching is instead of instead of big, instead <laughs> Alexa's of Alexa's always brother, listening and always watching, yeah, yeah. and instead of instead of Big Brother is watching, Alexa is, is listening. Yeah, and and that's the thing is is I it's something that I believe Google already knows. You know, the bigger companies, IBM already they already know this. Artificial intelligence is not something where it's not a Pandora's box, right? That's just waiting to be opened where we lose control of everything. It's a tool to be used. And Google knows this. It's a tool to be used. They are casting wider and wider nets and getting more specific information for, you know, conven- for their consumers to feel, you know, the convenience factor, right? Where our searches are, are, are more accurate, uh, where even my email is, you know, uh, is combed through to a certain extent. It, it, it's, it's something that in the near future, that scares me more then oh my goodness my job's going to go away because you know some deep learning you know model is is all of a sudden be able to predict a cyber attack you know i tell you andrew you know you know what we want what we need to do uh, i have some i have some guys that I, some buddies that actually uh, are involved in ai research machine learning research uh, maybe maybe we'll, we'll get them on the show and revisit yeah. this topic in the future i think uh, that there's a real get an insider scientist perspective on it and, and, and there's a really really interesting conversation to be had around the the use of of these types of tools, right? Uh, and how it's going to infect our lives, not just in the industry as cybersecurity professionals, not even that, you know, which I think you and I are both on the same page for, but how does that affect our private lives, right? How does that affect our, our, our you know, digital selves? Or do, do we have a right to digital privacy? Some would argue no. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's, I think that's some, a good conversation. It's a conversation yeah. to have, no, no, no doubt. Interesting stuff, uh, but uh, stuff. We, we don't have to worry about Skynet. Okay, so let's so let's let's boil this down to the ten second clip. Are cybersecurity jobs going away because of AI? No, absolutely not. Right? No. Yeah. Well, and not, not, uh, I won't say absolutely not. Some some are going to go away. No, but it's the same as it's always been, right? When we when, look when they yeah. made the switch, switch operators went away. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, exactly. yeah. It, you got to evolve just the same as it's always been in any technology so, field. So, so let's just refine that a little bit. Um, it's are no, humans okay? Here we go. No are humans going to be replaced? <laughs> are humans no going to be replaced by AI? Of course, no. but no, no expert level roles are go, are going to be lost. Entry level roles, uh, monkey see, monkey do type roles. They're they're always the ones that go, and they're going to continue to go. I think the next question to follow up on that is, uh, well, then how the heck do you even get into cybersecurity? Well, you know what? Just Google or go on YouTube, search cybersecurity, and the first 10 videos you see are, you do. (laughs) here's how you get into cybersecurity for free, Um, you know, or here's how to get into cybersecurity with no experience. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot of stuff out there. We'll talk about, we're going to, we should talk about that next. Those are the jobs that I think that are going to go, honestly. We should talk, we should talk about that at some point, you know, just. In, in, in the next entry episode. level cybersecurity stuff, what matters in cybersecurity more than anything else, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that's our next episode. Yeah, there, <laughs> hey, there, boom, there you go. 
you heard it here first. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about entry level cybersecurity and who sh- who should and should not be in cybersecurity. <laughs> it, 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 it'll be a, a bit of a brawl, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I know you, you and I famously don't agree on that, but uh, all right. Well, yeah, that's that's all fascinating. So AI is is awful and bad, and it's all going to lead to the downfall of of human society, right? That's that's what we're going to use at the beginning of the episode. Not at to- all. That <laughs> computers are our friends. <laughs> computers are friends. <laughs> That's it for us today, folks. Remember to like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, and always remember be safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. 